0: of the Women of Dodgeball podcast. This podcast was created to support female athletes in the dodgeball community and to promote women's ball. sport. I'm your host, Jenny Hodge, and today I'm joined by Dr. Dodgeball, Dr. Alfred Kwan, and for another installment of our sports medicine series. So welcome back to The War Pod. Hello, thanks for having me. And this is actually your first episode with us for season two. Oh, exciting. <laughs> but so, how have things been?
1: They've been great. Seems like... Uh... There's been a lot of return around the country of to activities, and um, there have been some tournaments in the east from the sound of it. Um, sounds like some tournaments maybe in Texas. People yes, I've heard of around, a
0: tournament in, the, in yeah, the south. Definitely
1: leagues starting back up, at least uh, in a limited capacity around the country. So it seems like uh, we're heading in the right direction with the vaccine vaccine rollouts and you know numbers ideally in most places kind of trending down or at least plateauing. Hopefully, we'll be uh, seeing a lot of more people on the courts here soon.
0: Definitely. And that's something that we've had a lot of a lot of people have been in touch. You listeners out there, um, they wanted another sports medicine series. So we reached out and was wondering what you guys wanted to hear. And the number one topic was returning to sport. Um, like Alfred had said... There's been, like, so for example, the East Coast just had a tournament on. I know that they just released a recap episode. So if you haven't listened to them, go check them out. There's one on the Dodgeball podcast and there's one on a uh, Ball Out Dodgeball podcast. So go check those um, those podcast episodes out. But a lot of people are asking about whether they haven't done anything during the pandemic or they have been training for it. They kind of want the best tips and advice for returning to sport. Um, So one thing I thought would be good for us to start with is kind of a list of topics. So there's a lot of people that worry about returning to sport and want to know what you think returning to sport looks like, particularly returning to dodgeball.
1: Yeah, that's a really important topic to be discussing, obviously, for obvious reasons. You know, there's been a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, dodgeball is probably their primary source of... Um, athletic activity in general Um, unfortunately you know when you're not you know have something consistent like like dodgeball um, throughout the week you know things typically seem to taper off so yeah yeah definitely a very important topic to be talking about as far as returning to actual sport yeah it certainly um, is very important to be paying attention to your body in general you know um, nobody can tell you how your body feels better than you can but there's also other, a lot of other factors to sort of take into consideration you know just because you you know are all pumped up to start on day one you're feeling really good on day one um, even if you're feeling good on day two day three doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to uh, sort of catch up to you um, at the start you know there's a very serious or, or very real phenomenon called DOMS to consider uh, DOM stands mm-hmm. for delayed onset muscle soreness it's kind of the reason why especially when you are starting back into sports lifting weights running etc that uh, you know you might feel good day one you might feel good day two or day three but typically by day three four five you start feeling really sore or really beat up and you know that second third fourth workout of the of the week or the session uh, just doesn't feel as good as the, the first or second one did.
0: Yeah, I know that when we started out playing dodgeball again, I was definitely feeling it. I was like, wow, ha- I probably haven't felt this sort for just playing a couple of minutes of dodgeball. Yeah, absolutely. In comparison to doing, what, like, full day tournaments?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of hit on it, too. You know, returning to activity is not just getting back to cardio, not just getting back to strength training. Especially with dodgeball or, you know, or any sport, you know, because... When you're playing a sport, especially dodgeball, you're using more than just, you know, you're not just isolating a muscle group and working it out. You're not just running in a straight line or or running sprints. You're doing a lot of twisting and turning and jumping and moving and changing directions. So these are using muscle groups that even if you are, you know, exercising regularly, if you're not actually playing the sport, Mm -hmm. you still might end up being extremely sore after your first session back on the court.
0: Definitely. So obviously a lot of people have concerns for, we've been in this pandemic and people want to take kind of safety precautions, but a lot of people are asking like, what do you think are safe practices for us to get back to playing?
1: Yeah, definitely going through the motions slowly. Um, You you don't want to just um, start from couch to two hour session of playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even it doesn't really matter how good you feel. Um, That's really just setting yourself up for injury. Uh, you know the the biggest population that's really the highest risk for injury when it comes to sports are what we call weekend warriors. Mm-hmm. You know they they're pretty much working Monday through Friday. They don't really get much exercise in during the weekdays, but then the weekends when they have free time, you know they they hit it hard. They want to be active. They want to have fun, so they go out and they play basketball. They go and play soccer, and then those people unfortunately are the highest risk for things like rupture of the Achilles tendon or blowing out a knee ACL injury meniscus tear something like that um, these these this population in particular is definitely uh, the most um, prone to injuries and so returning activity slowly what I mean by that essentially is um, literally um, going through the motions of the activity but you know limiting yourself if you have to set a timer you know to limit yourself to only such an amount of activity or just you know even just a light bit of games or or really even just throwing around a little bit on your own or with a friend um, a couple times a week before the first dodgeball or the actual dodgeball session just to kind of get your body used to those motions again.
0: So if someone, so let's say then some people might not have the opportunity that other areas of the country have is like, so for example, like here, there's the recreational league that has started playing back up again. What do you recommend to those people that don't have that chance to play recreationally, but they're trying to travel to these tournaments that are taking place? So let's say we have a, a tournament that is a month down the road. What's the best way to kind of prepare for that?
1: Yeah, it's kind of tough with dodgeball because you know we the sport it, it, it encompasses a lot of different types of athletic activities. You know, mm-hmm. there's explosiveness of like hit type activities, a lot of plyometrics. There's the throwing that you see in baseball. There's jumping and, and moving side to side. There's dropping and, and, you know, there's a lot of core twisting and all that. So um, it, it is kind of tough if you don't have the actual ability to play the sport to, to really focus in or hone in on um, the activities. But really, even breaking it down and, and kind of forcing yourself to go through the motions of... Um, you know, maybe doing mapping out a workout regimen for the week where, you know, day one, you do some light cardio and maybe a little bit of plyometrics. Day two, you know, maybe you take it pretty easy. Day three, um, do some strength training, some throwing type motions. So, just pretty much setting up a regimen where you're not only hitting all the muscle groups or the kind of motions or activities that you would while playing the sport, but also making sure that you give yourself ample time between each session to rest and let your body recover. Definitely. Now, recovery itself is oftentimes overlooked as um, an important part of the workout process. You know, we we focus so much on, well, I want to get my gains. I want to get back to where I was. I want to just push myself, fight through the pain, push, push, push. But really, you know, study after study after study is showing just how important it is to get ample amount of rest and i don't just mean getting the appropriate amount of sleep but you know making sure that you're taking care of your body that you're drinking plenty of water fluids uh, your nutrition is good that you're getting a good amount of time between workouts you don't want to just be you know bench pressing and and squatting and and doing pull-ups seven days a week that's (laughs) you're eventually gonna start to get into the realm where you start to get injured uh if you just keep pushing like that So really you want to make sure to get ample time to rest. Now, there are a lot of good resources out there. You know, you can always look on different workout um, blogs or or workout. um,
0: You can follow Brenda Kramer. Brenda Kramer, right in the Bot Dodgeball community. Lisa (laughs) Moore. Yeah, exactly. Um, Or watch Brianna London's YouTube channel. (laughs) I'm sure
1: they would be able to come up with all sorts of great workout regimens or at least ideas or even kind of basic start to to a workout regimen or returning to activities
0: because mm-hmm. i know one thing that a lot of people have also recommended is that if if you're able to i know not everyone's financially able to at the minute but also trying to now it's like a, i think a good time that if you're trying to return to sport and kind of get back into shape is to actually reach out to someone that is a fitness kind of professional. So talking to them about what's a good regime, and like Alfred was saying, like you can look on the internet at like programs and things like that, but it's also a good idea to get someone that can tailor things towards you and your needs and what your goals are. Um, so like I was saying, like if you have a tournament in one month, what can you do to prepare in one month in advance? That sort of thing.
1: Right, and you don't you don't necessarily even have to hire a trainer yeah. or have <laughs> okay. something really formal, you know. Even getting an idea or gist of um, just a general type of schedule to get on to, uh, you know, very basic things like, you know, on a seven day week, you know, breaking it up into, you know, every other day you're doing a workout, every other day in between is a rest day, or you're doing some cardio working on a different uh, body group, and then you know after one or two or three weeks of that even giving yourself just a week of just very simple light rest just to provide yourself with that rest to recover
0: definitely and then it kind of brings us now to like let's say that we do have a tournament coming up and we are going to play one another thing that a lot of people asked and wanted to hear from you is what you recommend for like, this is your first time playing in the, in the tournament, and it's been God knows how long since <laughs> we are able to play dodgeball again. But a lot of people were saying, like, do you advise kind of doing longer stretches, making sure that you listen to your body more whilst you're playing, easing off if you're noticing anything that's kind of off, and making sure you're not going 100% all out if you're not ready for it?
1: Yeah, that's a it's a kind of tough, um, there's the reality and there's the, you know, there's what I would tell somebody to do versus what the reality is. And, and you know, they're, they're oftentimes two different things. You know, the reality is that if you want to play, you're going to play. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's pretty hard to, uh, especially with dodgeball to, to, you know, you can't just go to a tournament and stop playing halfway because you're, you know, that's more than you should be playing for the day. Yeah. With that being said... It, what you really should be doing is making sure if there is a tournament coming up to prepare your body accordingly. Uh, a big problem with uh, returning to activities, especially going hard, you know, if you're in a tournament, you're playing potentially five, six plus hours in a day, eight, up to eight, ten hours a day. Uh, that takes a real toll on your body. And if you, you're not used to that sort of stress, that can be a big issue. You know? uh, it reminds me of um, some studies that were coming out a few years ago about uh, running, for instance. Um, the, the most popular race distance in the United States was quickly becoming the half marathon. The reason for that is you know, long enough to be a real challenge, but not so long that it's an insurmountable goal. It's, it's, a, it's a very attainable task by the majority of people, but still a real challenge. The problem with that is a lot of people without much background in running uh, went essentially from couch to half marathon in a matter of, you know, two months or, or even less, you know, six to six months, six weeks. And there was there's this spike occurring around the country of people dying or suffering cardiac arrest from these races. And it wasn't that they were running and in the middle they dropped dead, it was that, you know, they're running, they're probably running for two three hours straight, a, a, a toll that their body wasn't used to, and then they see the finish line, they get real excited, so they get pumped up, they want to, you know, sprint through the finish and make sure, you know, make get that photo finish and really uh, bask in the glory of finishing the race. Problem is, after two, three hours of this excessive, prolonged strain on their body that their body, frankly, wasn't used to, that extra push at the end, unfortunately drives them over the edge and there is a a large spike in people suffering cardiac events because of this extra stress on their body so the Mm -hmm. the the same thing can be uh, considered or you should think about that same thing when it comes to dodgeball you know if you're not if you haven't played for a year two years straight and then you go and play for 10 hours straight in a tournament that is a that is so taxing on your body so it's really something that we don't really think about it, especially most people that play are, are quite young. So you certainly don't think about it. Yeah. But it really should be taken into consideration, especially when it comes to preparing for the tournament. So uh, getting that body going, you know, um, having a lot of sessions where your heart rate is elevated, where you're doing the cardiovascular exercise, where you're going through the motions of the of the sport, uh, leading in the weeks leading up to the to the tournament or the event is definitely something that should be considered
0: so that kind of brings us on to the next topic here which is things to kind of look out for so whilst you're playing like obviously we're saying that the safest way of kind of returning to sport is listening to your body but what kind of signs or tells is saying that if you're overdoing it or to make sure that you spend an extra long time on recovery and not necessarily playing straight away next um, so, can you just kind of go over the possibilities of some of like the injuries that we see, and then how we can kind of tell them and tackle them?
1: Sure. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people are going to be uh, prone to issues with shoulders and elbows. <laughs> you know, if you haven't gone through the throwing motion, especially overhand throwing, it's not necessarily the most natural motion, uh, especially on your your shoulder, and so if you're playing and then you're all of a sudden going 100% and you feel sharp pain in your shoulder or your elbow, you have to pay attention to that. I know it seems pretty, like it should be pretty uh, self-explanatory or common sense, but again, a lot of us are used to a little bit of discomfort here and there, especially with throwing. We just kind of fight through the pain or, or go through it, but especially after a prolonged break, you really shouldn't be fighting through something like that. That can certainly lead to a uh, much more serious prolonged injury that'll like, probably sideline you again or potentially sideline you again for an even longer period of time.
0: Yeah, because that's the last thing you want is to not have played dodgeball for so long, not done anything, go throw an 8.5 ball, yeah. and then you're like, oh, sweet Jesus, and then you're like, okay, I have a shoulder injury, you yeah. can't play for a while now. You don't want to immediately
1: <laughs> injure yourself again. So, yeah, that kind of goes back to the last question where, you know, preparing or, or ample time to warm up. And it's not just about stretching, you know, more and more, again, increasing studies or more debate is out there about cold stretching and static stretching. You know, there's a lot more evidence that getting warmed up first, doing some jump roping, some jumping jacks, some light jogging, getting the muscles moving, body warmed up. And really, doing a lot more ballistic stretches, where you're kind of moving the body around, um, as opposed to holding too many static stretches. Uh, there's a lot more benefit to making sure the body's nice and warm. Definitely. Uh, and instead of just from a cold uh, body going right into static stretches, because you could actually potentially do more harm than good in that in that scenario.
0: Yeah, especially if you haven't been stretching properly leading up to it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. But. Get that exercise band out, warm it up. <laughs> I know it's, some people look down on it, but it seems I, I like the trend, or I was liking the trend um, towards the beginning of 2020 and in 2019, where we were seeing a lot more people uh, at the beginning of tournaments bringing their exercise bands out, ex- warming up, going through those sort of movements that, the, that they would need to warm up with a little bit of resistance and, and getting the body ready to throw.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, like we, we'd we done tournaments like when we had gone to Canada or, and I know back in England, every time before playing, we kind of do like a team group, stretch sesh, stretch warm-up session and stuff like that. And at the time, you're kind of sat there being like, oh, what are these guys kind of warming up together? But I'm like, it makes perfect sense. So if <laughs> I think that's something that needs to start kind of being implemented is like making sure that your whole team is warmed up. And if you're doing it together, you're not feeling as like, oh, I'm just doing it by myself kind <laughs> of thing. But it, it'll make sure that your whole team is actually warmed up for playing. Um, I know one thing that I've kind of struggled with kind of going back into sport is definitely like muscles feel like they're spasming or that kind of thing, because it's like, it's like Dr. Kwan has said already that you're kind of overusing your muscles and your body's not used to it. So what kind of tell signs and like um, do you think when people are playing that they know that if they're gonna get anything like that later, and then what can they do about it?
1: Yeah, I would say a, a lot of people are gonna be prone to issues with the grip strength, especially forearm spasming, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of jumping and moving, potentially a lot of calf cramping, uh, or, or cramping of the buttocks or the, the thighs.
0: Oh, the butt one hurts so <laughs> much. <laughs> uh,
1: so that's definitely something to pay attention to. Uh, again, that a lot of that comes down to, you know, proper nutrition, good hydration, making sure that you're getting uh, good calories and, and electrolytes, but also making sure you get ample warm time to warm up and, and stretch, making sure the muscles are ready for those activities. Uh, a lot of the return to activity, especially with sudden prolonged uh, use, will unfortunately put you at high risk for spasming and cramping and 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 really just these these symptoms that we want to avoid.
0: Definitely. And uh, one thing that was also kind of mentioned that people wanted to kind of get your opinion on is the idea of playing whilst wearing a mask.
1: <clears throat> well, I'd say if you've never done it before, you should definitely try it <laughs> on your own time. The the last place you want to do that is at a tournament is playing with a mask on. I can tell you firsthand it's not really that big a deal to play with a mask on, but it's certainly a change. It's a little strange to have something you can kind of see in your periphery at all times, uh, so it kind of messes with your head when it comes to things like catching and, and playing in general. But
0: well, you get used to it. Though. Yeah,
1: you get used to it for sure, but also even things simple things like uh, finding the right mask that'll stay in place when you're mm-hmm. moving and playing. Uh, but of course obviously we're talking about the, the the breathing portion of it so i would certainly try it out on your own even go for a light jog with a mask on or move around do some jump roping with a mask on just something to get you used to it or at least prepare yourself to kind of get an idea of what you might have in store when it comes to playing with a mask on
0: yeah i know definitely when we started playing again and having and wearing a mask whilst playing It wasn't necessarily the mask was anything of the issue, it was more my fitness was (laughs) pretty low, so I was like, oh my god, I feel so out of shape. But uh, one thing I do recommend, um, if people are kind of uncomfortable wearing a mask whilst playing, or like just generally feel like, or sticking to them, is try not to get a mask that's kind of resting right onto your face. Um, I know that it is a bit more expensive, but Under Armour have come out with a range of sports masks, and they're specifically designed to kind of sit off of your face a little bit. So I know that some people were kind of asking about mask recommendations too.
1: Yeah, those seem to be pretty nice. I I really like um, masks. It's kind of a strange conversation to talk about. But ones where it does have adjustable straps, that way you can kind of uh, tighten it up and make sure it's cinched down on your face and actually staying in place Mm -hmm,
0: definitely and then um do you have any other advice to give to people that are going back into sport
1: the main thing i have to say is take it easy give yourself plenty of time especially if you anticipate returning to playing dodgeball and you haven't done really much in the last year no judgment for me but you know it's you're gonna really do yourself and your body a favor by taking it slow that has to be the number one most important thing. Take it slow and give yourself plenty of time to rest. Okay. So if you have a league starting back up in a month, you know, hit the gym starting today. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hit it every single day for the next 30 days. You, know, you wanna make sure that you uh, do a good amount of planning to, to kind of get in a good range of movements, both cardio, plyometrics, explosive movements, throwing motions, core workout, all the all of the above. But make sure that you're spreading it out and and giving yourself plenty of time to get your body used to those activities again.
0: Great. And I think that's a great way to kind of end it. So thank you for coming on and kind of talking about what you listeners wanted to hear about, which is returning to sport. Um, so thank you for being on. Okay, so if you want to get in contact with us or even reach out to Dr. Kwan, you can do that through our Facebook page at the Women of Dodgeball Podcast on our Facebook community page titled The Wad Pod or, or on Instagram at the handle at the underscore WOD underscore pod. Now, as you many of you listeners know that we are doing our collaboration with the Dodgeball Podcast on the Women's Mock Nationals Tournament and we've just wrapped up our regions so we are going to now look into the Nationals bracket. You'll be seeing a bracket posted in the next day or so that will show the 16 teams and how they're seeded and then who they're going to face off against for the first round of the Nationals tournament. So keep an ear out for that. And those episodes will come out on our streaming platforms, which is on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. And then to wrap everything up, everyone out there, stay safe, stay healthy and remember that's what you.